1: I had a source this weekend tell me, listen, L.A. is not off the table with LeBron. What is your feeling as a player? Like, when players text you, (laughs) what are they saying about LeBron's future? Uh, I I personally think that the Houston play would be a play to try to win another championship. Um, But I think ideally to to ride off in the sunset, to, to, to... Get ready for the next journey in his career, which he you know, he expressed he wants to be an owner. Um, there's no better tutelage than Magic Johnson. There's no better better su- city to do it in than, than in LA. Um, I heard he has multiple houses out here, and I think it would be a great situation for to get him around Kuzma and and, and and um Zoe and some of their younger guys to really teach them how to win and teach them how to be pros along with all the you know the, the amazing young talent they have. You are, you, 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 you,
0: you, you. Thank you
2: All right, welcome everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast where, damn, where do we even begin? The Super Bowl is in a week, my Eagles are going to win, Blake Griffin is no longer a Clipper but a Piston, LeBron James and Paul George will indeed be teammates in LA this year after all, but teammates for the All-Star Game and not the Lakers, and Tommy, you're 29.
3: I'm, I'm 29 years old now.
2: So, I mean, I think that's the biggest news of the day um tommy happy belated birthday uh what did you do for your birthday did you do anything fun and uh where are you at currently right now
3: i'm currently in connecticut all the way out here on the east coast it's very cold um,
2: boom,
3: <laughs> uh yeah no i'm uh, uh, i'm currently doing uh long distance with my fiance so i'm i'm out here uh visiting her which is what i did for my birthday i flew out here so um yeah
2: Oh, shoot, I think we buried the lead fiancé. Boom, 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 boom. So (laughs) I don't think we ever announced that on the show, but I think that happened back in... When did that happen last year? During the summer? Yeah, like April. Well, Tommy is engaged, and he just turned 29. But if we're being honest, none of that matters because, man, some crazy shit is going down in the NBA, and we haven't even touched (laughs) upon the fact about DeMarcus Cousins going down with an Achilles injury, Paul George's latest statements and lebron james still being in play we're going to get to all that tonight in tonight's show um tonight's show and episode is going to be pretty much trade deadline part three but we're also going to be talking about the crazy stuff that went down in the nba just in the last few days or so because yeah a lot of stuff happened and um tommy you know how i get with these (laughs) episode names and titles I don't know why I always ask you this, oh, I'm going to ask it again. What do you think I named this trade-specific episode?
3: Um, <laughs> I have no idea.
2: All right, I'm naming it Traders of the Lost Ark.
3: Oh, that's very good. That's very because
2: good. Also, the Lakers don't have very many shooters, and they could use some arc in their jump shot as well. And things <laughs> are heating up. Or maybe they're not for the Lakers. I can't really tell. But I know for the NBA, things are heating up. You know, it's been very quiet, and thus far, we've been reading articles about how people don't expect there to be a lot of traction. I think there there was an article that came out today that was like, yeah, it's probably going to be a quiet trade deadline, (laughs) and then boom, Blake Griffin is a piston, and like, what the heck? So I guess we can start right there. Oh, but before we do, and we get into all that fun stuff, as usual, please follow us on Twitter, at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate, interview us on iTunes, because the more you rate, interview us... That's how many times Boban Marjanovic will do his, now let it rain and pour it out. Now let it rain and pour it out. That's how many times he's going to be doing that dance with Tobias Harris at Staples Center the rest of this year playing for the Clippers. And what a sight that will be. I think for that video alone, the Clippers won this trade. What do you think, Tommy?
3: I I agree with you.
2: (laughs) Great. Let it rain and pour it out. Yeah, let it rain and pour it out for us on iTunes as well. Um, I think our last episode before... That's a chicken noodle
3: actually, soup song, right?
2: It is a chicken noodle soup, yeah. Chicken noodle soup with a soda on the side. Um, with a bobon on the side. With a, with, a, ooh, with a bobon on the side. That's exactly what happened. Hey! Boo, 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 boo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh But before our... I think before the trade deadline actually happens, I think our penultimate episode before that, we're probably just going to do a listener mailbag Q&A sesh regarding the trade deadline if nothing has happened up until that point and first we're gonna we're gonna ask our patreon subscribers we'll give them first dibs on any questions and topics they want discussed and then after that if you want to get your question read on air please rate interview us on itunes and put your question in your review so i think that's pretty good incentive um so yeah do that please Uh, And then also patreon.com slash thelakerslegacypodcast. Uh, If you're a subscriber there and you donate a dollar, even just one time, you'll get special privileges like that. Uh, So with that said, we've been talking about it and teasing it the entire episode. Boban Marjanovic, Tobias Harris, but most importantly, Blake Griffin is now a Detroit Piston. I don't want to spend too much time on the implications for the Pistons and the the Clippers Tommy. I think we'll eventually branch off and talk about how it relates to the Lakers and how it changes the landscape, but let's get your quick hot take reaction on on what you were feeling and thinking as the trade went down.
3: I think like you, I was like I was pretty shocked. Um I probably I mean not just like you, probably like everybody, I was pretty shocked that something this big went down. Um, like you said, I, I mean, I, we've all been reading these articles about how nothing's going to happen. And this was like, this wasn't just like, oh, Avery Bradley got salary dumped or, you know, for somebody for like a small player or, you know, the, uh, the Rockets move PJ Tucker or, you know, some random small move. It was like Blake Griffin is a huge, like all-star, like he's been with that team his entire career. He just signed a massive extension last summer um and he just he went from the west to the east which i think is also like a thing we haven't seen a lot of in recent years i mean not necessarily by choice i I feel like when guys get traded for whatever reason they get traded from east to west and uh that's why it seems like a lot of the stars i i could be making this up but it's just maybe i'm thinking of paul george and carmelo as the two big recent ones but um uh, I feel like we haven't seen like a big-name star go from west to east in a trade recently, um, so that was also weird. I think the initial gut reaction for a lot of people was probably the Clippers lost this trade. I think my initial gut reaction was the Clippers won the trade, because mm. I, I know Gl- Blake Griffin's an all-star and all this and that, but he's kind of a clown, Um that team was going nowhere. He is, dude. He's, he, that team's going nowhere fast. I mean, I, if anybody saw the game, it was nationally televised. Um,
2: He's a very expensive clown, Tommy. A very
3: expensive clown. <laughs> uh, nationally televised game last week. I'm blanking on who they played, um, but Blake was getting frustrated with some of the physical play and was getting frustrated with some of the calls and, and non-calls that, that the refs were uh, were. Uh, putting out there in that game, and he just took the ball after one play and, like, chucked it at the ref's legs. And that's just, like, not cool, man. And he didn't chuck it from, like, five feet away. It was, like, from half court, he, like, fired a fastball. He, like, put the ball in one hand and just cocked his arm back and, like, fired it at the ref's legs. And the ref teed him up. He should have been ejected for that, by the way. But the ref teed him up. And then you can, like, breathe his lips, and he's going... Or like I think you could actually hear it. The audio might have picked up on the ESPN feed, but at some point he literally said to the ref, "Just because you can't catch, you're going to team me up." Like, what kind of, what kind of like fifth grade move is that? You know what I mean? Like, who are you trying to? What are you, what are you trying to do there? So, I, I've always felt Blake was kind of a clown, um, and that, like I said, the team's going nowhere fast. They're shedding a ton of calorie, ca- calorie. Calories.
2: Calories, too. (laughs)
3: Yeah. (laughs) A ton of salary cap commitments um, by moving Blake. And uh, so they get flexibility. They get a pick, which is going to be, if not a lotto pick, um, probably like the 15th pick, because if Detroit makes the playoffs, they'll barely make it. Um, So, you know, and they get Avery Bradley, who's expiring. Again, flexibility, though, because if they don't sign anybody, they can try to keep him. He's a restricted free agent. They get Tobias Harris, who can give them some scoring, a little bit of scoring to replace what Blake was giving them. And overall, yeah, I think it's like you. The, the Pistons got the best player, but what does Blake Griffin do? Blake Griffin doesn't move the needle for you unless you're a team that like already has two superstars and you just need like a third guy. Like if the Houston Rockets got Blake Griffin, I'd be like, I'd I'd like be a little bit more intrigued. But for this type of trade, I feel like the Clippers probably won. I mean, both teams won because if you've seen the Pistons arena, that they cannot like that franchise cannot sell a seat in that arena. So Blake will help in that respect. Um, but in terms of on the court type of stuff, I think that it's it's at least a tie, if not, I think the Clippers may have won.
2: Yeah, I actually agree with you. Um, before I go any further, though, we are going to bring on Alan Riley right now, which is perfect timing. Alan, what's up? Alan. What's up, dude? Welcome to the show. We, what do you think we're talking about right now, Alan? Um,
4: I think you are talking about what you both ate for dinner tonight. And I think Tommy had filet mignon, and Jonathan, <laughs> I think you had. Um, I think you ate an entire rotisserie chicken.
2: Close. We're talking about Boban Marjanovic.
4: Oh, he's a really good-looking dude. Chicken noodle
3: soup. You were close on the registry chicken.
2: Chicken noodle soup. With the soda on the side. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you came in at just the right time. Tommy just finished up his thoughts on the Clippers Detroit trade. I'm going to pitch it to you in just a second, but I will say that I agree with Tommy with regards to, I think, peripherally and optically... People might say, Oh, the Pistons won this trade. How could the Clippers do this to Blake Griffin? And then you just look at the contract situation. Blake Griffin is signed on for like four or five more years at an escalating 30 plus million per year contract. And I think Blake Griffin is what 28 at this point. I mean, he's going to be 33, 34, making 35 million at the end of that contract. And then yeah. on top of it, I think the last year of his contract, he has a player option. So yes, it'll help the Pistons. Um, bring more people to the arena, but for how long is that going to last before Blake Griffin starts bitching about wanting to be traded, right? And then at that point, how much can you really get for Blake Griffin, who's making $35 million a year for the next three years?
3: You know? You're not going to get very much. Um,
2: you're not going to get very much. And so the, the Pistons have tied themselves to this middling Blake Griffin team. And I think Blake Griffin is a really good player. He's on my fantasy team this year. He's hitting threes this year. But, I mean, when you're on the Pistons... He is gonna be—he's gonna make a fuss about it really quickly. And if I'm Stan Van Gundy, I don't want to be a part of that. And the fact that the Clippers were able to get out of this pretty quickly—you know—I maybe give props to Jerry West for seeing the writing on the wall here.
0: Mm -hmm. Blake Griffin
2: was already very disgruntled, and the fact that they can get, like you said, uh, a near-lotto pick with the Clippers pick this year. take a flyer on Avery Bradley, who they can still flip for another asset if they want to, you know, before the trade deadline, or they can keep him because they can also, they also keep Avery Bradley's uh, bird rights this summer. Um, But on top of that, they also get a prospect in Tobias Harris, who uh, is he an all-star? No, but he's a quality starter. And, you can at least sell it to your fans that we got a versatile wing player who can play the small forward, who can play the stretch four spot, and yeah, we'll at least be semi-entertaining as we try and rebuild, and I think, I think, yeah, for Clippers fans, this hurts. Uh, Blake Griffin meant everything to the Clippers. He was the face of the franchise, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. but if we're just talking about, like, on-court assets and whatnot, I think the Pistons kind of... St- strapped themselves into this I don't know dead-end future in my opinion and the Clippers I think they're at least going towards the future at this point instead of being stuck in I don't know Blake Griffin mode with DeAndre Jordan maybe taking his player option this as early as this summer so Alan what are your quick thoughts on the Blake Griffin trade and like uh yeah how did you initially feel about everything when it hit you?
4: Um, I was working and I got a notification on my phone from SB Nation and like my, my jaw just dropped. I was completely caught off guard by it and I had to compose myself very quickly cause I was in the middle of something. But, um, yeah, I mean, initially the headline on my phone just said Blake Griffin for Avery Bradley, you know, and I'm like, okay, like what the heck else is involved? There's gotta be more than that. So then when I had an opportunity, I looked and I thought, okay, actually, um, um, that's that's not such a bad deal if you're the Clippers. Um like you said it's it's Jerry West having foresight, or at least that's a part of it. Um and then you gotta wonder what are the Clippers gonna do next? Like they're probably in sell mode for the most part. Like like you said, Tobias Harris is a good piece for sure. Avery Avery Bradley's pretty solid. Um so you got two starters Um, but as far as Lou Williams and DeAndre goes, it'll just be really interesting to see what the Clippers do over the next couple weeks before the trade deadline. Um, I totally agree with the Pistons angle in terms of this can help sell some tickets to fill up their brand new stadium or arena that does not get filled at all. So I think it'll, it'll help them as far as business goes. But as far as basketball, I think you make a really good point, Jonathan, about him and Stan Van Gundy uh, most likely butting heads because Blake seems to be kind of a diva, drama queen, whatever. And um, we know how Stan Van Gundy doesn't like players like that. So no one likes players like that, for that matter. Um, so, yeah, dude, it's crazy. I-, I hope the snowballs you know, are starting to roll right now and just a bunch of crazy stuff happens uh, over the next two weeks.
2: Yeah, let's go snowballs. Um, so my next question, Tommy, I want to pitch this to you. Hey, can I just say
3: one more are... thing on the Blake? I just want to say one quick thing on the Blake. Yeah, go for it. So the only other thing I wanted to add was I feel like a lot of people were like, uh, oh, the Clippers did Blake dirty with like, you know, they brought him out for this pitch and they said like, you're going to be a lifetime Clipper. And they they gave this whole like dramatic presentation. I buy all that. But on the flip side, there's no indication that any of that is what sold Blake on the Clippers, right? It's like, basically, free agent, if, if we all go back in our little time machine, the DeLorean that I keep referencing, and we go to 88 miles per hour. Love that DeLorean. Um, yeah. Okay, we go back to the trade debt, or the free agency period. Blake Griffin immediately canceled all his meetings, and the reason he canceled his meetings was not because the Clippers gave this dramatic presentation. It was because the first day of free agency, they offered him the full max. And I think the only reason he had these other meetings was for leverage. I think you can say like, oh, Blake was swayed, and you know he he was uh, swayed by this dramatic presentation they gave. But I think it just came down to money. So he gets his money regardless. Like I I don't feel bad for this guy.
2: Sure. And so I think we can quickly segue into what the Clippers do from here and how that may affect the Lakers. So Tommy, my question to you is if the Clippers are indeed trying to blow it up with DeAndre Jordan and Lou Will, you know, DeAndre Jordan has a player option this summer that he can take, so essentially he could be an unrestricted free agent or a free agent. But with that said, since the Clippers are sort of in this weird in-between, let's try and rebuild but still still stay somewhat competitive mode, What do you think about the Lakers maybe trying to get in on a DeAndre Jordan trade by offering up Jordan Clarkson and Julius Randle and whatever fillers? Or do you think that's way too much of a risk given DeAndre Jordan can just take his player option? Now, obviously, the argument would be would he do that to the Lakers, but... You never know with this guy. You know, he just saw Blake Griffin and Chris Paul leave. You don't know where his mindset is at if he gets traded to the Lakers and he's not sure about the future. Yeah, I, I guess, like, to make it simple, yeah, would, would you even entertain that sort of deal to get DeAndre Jordan in uh, for the trade before the trade deadline by, you know, offering up Julius Randle, Jordan Clarkson, and him essentially becoming one of those max slot players and, and having him play with Lonzo Ball?
3: I would not, uh, because I think it's, I mean, when DeAndre was starting to rise on his hype trail, um one thing we all said from the very, or I don't know, at least I thought from the very beginning was uh when he got his first, like, max or near max, I can't remember if he's at max now or near max, but when he got this current contract that he's on, I remember thinking, like, okay, that's fine, but you can only hold so many max contracts on your team and you're not going to win an NBA championship if DeAndre Jordan holds one of those because he has no offensive game. Like he can score in terms of like, he'll get you put backs, he'll get you uh, lobs. He's a good defender. Um, he, you know, is a rim protector who changes a lot of shots. Like we get all that, but you can't win a championship with a guy who cannot score the ball outside of six feet, seven feet. Um, And, you know, beyond that, he's not like an, he's not a very good, uh, in my opinion, he's not like a great passer. He, uh, he doesn't bring a whole lot outside of his defense and you can't play him for the final, you know, the most crucial minutes of important games because he's a free throw liability. Um, And he's not just like, oh, he's pretty bad. Like he's one of the worst free throw shooters in NBA history. He'll fit right in. Yeah, exactly. So... (laughs) So, uh, uh, for that reason, I wouldn't do it. Um, I think the Clippers, that's actually something they might entertain because from what it sounds like, they're, they're not going to trade him just, just to trade him, but they'll trade him for young pieces. And if we offered Clarkson, I mean, Clarkson, I don't, I guess it doesn't really fill any holes for them because they already have a a worse version of Clarkson than Austin Rivers. Um, but Julius Randall, Julius Randall could like help, uh, Help them for sure, and he's a nice young asset. But um, yeah, I just I don't um, I don't really see I I I wouldn't do the DeAndre trade. Not that that's an option, but I wouldn't do it.
2: Yeah, and I agree with you because I think in the market outside of maybe the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't know if they'd be willing to risk it and try and trade for DeAndre Jordan now, but I actually think a Julius Randle, Jordan Clarkson package may be one of the better offers that the Clippers can even get because look, you're trying to trade a guy who could essentially become a free agent this summer. Like what team is essentially going to risk that? You know what I mean? It's either going to be the Lakers or a contending team like the Cavs who. And even then, it's risky for them to do, you know, because they're trying to appease LeBron James. But um, but yeah, I agree with you. I don't think DeAndre Jordan would be worth that one max slot for all the reasons you stated. Um, now, what about Avery Bradley? So, you know, before all of the Blake Griffin news broke, um, there was a rumor that the Lakers were looking at Avery Bradley. And I think they maybe had even offered up Jordan Clarkson. Um, now, Avery Bradley is no longer with the Pistons, but he is with the Clippers if let's say the Clippers were interested in taking on Jordan Clarkson's, you know, contract of the next two years being at 12 million and 13 million, just so that they can have another young piece to run alongside Tobias Harris on, I guess somewhat of a similar timeline. Uh, would you entertain then trading Jordan Clarkson for Avery Bradley, essentially the deal that they might've tried with, uh, the Detroit Pistons?
3: Um, I definitely would do that. Um, I don't think the Clippers would do it. The reason I would do it if I'm the Lakers is because Avery Bradley, I think is just better uh, than Jordan Clarkson. I know he sucked this year. Uh, His stats are not good. And, you know, there's all the advanced metrics, which I buy into about how he's not like as good of a defender um, as everyone says he is, because we've sort of seen that come to light a little bit with KCP and, he had this reputation of being, like, such an elite defender, but when we signed him, we all saw all these advanced metrics about how he's, like, he's good, but he's not as good as everyone says, and we've seen that firsthand, right? Like, he's good, but honestly, I think actually, literally in the rankings, Lonzo Ball, at his position, who's a rookie, a 19-year-old, you know, a 20-year-old rookie, ranks better than KCP as a defender in advanced metrics. Um So... Avery Bradley, though, still even if he's just an average defender, which is, I think where, is where the metrics put him, um, at least on the ball, he is a net neg- a net positive there compared to Clarkson. I think offensively, Clarkson's a little bit more versatile, but Avery Bradley's not as bad offensively as he's looked. Like everybody sucks offensively in Detroit because that's just like a nightmare situation they have going on. And he's still somehow
4: averaging like 15 points per game, right?
3: He is, he is. His shooting efficiency has just gone down, but, like, theoretically, if, you know, I feel like most guys who uh, are playing in our system currently, with the exception of Brook Lopez, I think, are going to, like, inflate their stats and their efficiency slightly, just because of, I think Luke is putting together, like, a pretty decent scheme here, um, uh, so I I would definitely do it, um, but the Clippers should not do it for the re- for the third reason that I would do it. If that makes sense, that was a crazy way to explain that. But it's uh, so crazy. Yeah, the Clippers should not do it because um, having Avery having Avery Bradley gives them flexibility. Going into the summer, they can make him res- a restricted free agent. His cap hold is going to be about the same as Jordan Clarkson's guaranteed contract for next year. And then they can make the decision, like, do we want to keep him? Okay, fine, we keep him. And then you end up signing him to probably similar to what Clarkson's getting, maybe a couple million more, but he's better, so it doesn't really matter. Um, or you just let him walk, or since he's restricted, you hold it, you hold him as a restricted free agent. You see what's going on. Like, if he finds somebody else that he wants to go to, like a contender, cause not that many teams have cap space, right? So, like, he finds a contender he wants to go to, the contender wants him. Now you can work out a sign and trade. Um, so for all these reasons, like I, I, I don't think that the Clippers would ever do something like that. Um, but yeah, if I'm the Lakers, I abso- absolutely would do it.
2: Yeah, uh, and just to correct you, Avery Bradley is an unrestricted free agent this summer, but they do have his bird rights in terms of... Oh, that's right. That's he, right. His, they, can, they can keep his cap hold on the books and sign him after they've made other signings if if need be or whatever. So. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you on all those points. With that said, I think we should move on with some other big news that happened. And Alan, I'll pitch this to you. Hey, this
1: is Brian from the Almighty Baller Podcast Network here to talk about keeps... So there's just no two ways to say it. Losing hair is awful. Nobody wants to go through it. And two out of three guys are going to experience hair loss by the time they're 35. This is the world we live in, people. Now, I personally haven't started this you know, downturn, but I got a couple of people close to my life that go through it. And they always say, should have started it sooner rather than later. So anyways, these FDA-approved products used to cost so much, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to get. For five minutes now and starting, just $10 per month, you'll never have to worry about hair loss again. So they've ironed out the process. Basically, you just take a photo of your hair and you shoot it over, and a licensed physician will review the information and recommend the right treatment to you, and then, boom, shipped right to your door every three months. So Keeps is only $10 to $35 a month. Uh, plus, now you can get your first month free uh, to, to what? To keep your hair. So come on, what are we talking about here? To receive your first month of treatment for free, go to keeps.com slash almighty. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash almighty. That's a free month of treatment at com slash almighty.
2: Keeps hair today, hair tomorrow. Um, Over the weekend, Paul George made some... I don't know, if you're a Lakers fan, pretty alarming statements with regards to his future um, future free agency outlook. And um, it was with regards to the All-Star team and him initially not making it and Russell Westbrook sticking up for him. And I, I joked with Tommy earlier on in the intro that... Uh, Los Angeles will finally be able to see Paul George and LeBron James team up together, but it probably won't be for the Lakers, but it will be for the all-star game. Um, but yeah, prior to that and prior to DeMarcus Cousins going down, Russell Westbrook stood up for Paul George and he really appreciated it. And then to the media, he said, yo, Russell Westbrook's my boy, that's my dude. And he's making it easier and easier for me to make this decision. He's making it a pretty obvious decision for me. And, uh, Russell Westbrook's always going to be my guy. Something along those lines to that effect. So, Alan, after hearing those statements, does it instill the fear of God into you with regards to, oh, shoot, maybe this isn't even a 50-50 thing anymore? Or is it just one of those things where it's like, well, you know what, It's that's what he's saying presently, but things could always change, and we'll have to see if he still feels that exact same way when the Lakers are offering him max money to play in los angeles and potentially play with a guy like lebron james but yeah initially what did you think of his uh comments there
4: uh initially the fact that he said this makes it more easier and more easier that made me like oh no like he's throwing out some like crazy grammar here like he really must mean it but um (laughs) sorry i don't mean to insult him i really want you to play here regardless of how you speak but um yeah, initially it was like, oh man, like, I don't want to hear that, you know, and it's one of those things of had we, uh, attained him in a trade, uh, this past, uh, summer, like, obviously that eliminates any risk, and that's what people were saying, is like, well, do you really want him going somewhere else, and then he potentially falls in love with that place, as unlikely as it may seem, and, uh, that was the first thing that came into my mind. At the same time, and I've heard this on like other shows and other like insiders and whatever have said that Paul George is kind of a people pleaser. And when he was in Indiana, he said a lot of things that would lead that fan base to believe he would never leave, he's always going to stay, and things like that. So it could absolutely just be one of those things where, like you said, it's in the moment and he's caught up emotionally. And I'm not saying like he's an irrational guy or anything, but if someone asks me that question and I'm just, I don't know, kind of a candid person and like, I like seeing people be happy, um, I might just have an emotional response like that, you know, like, man, like, that's, that's my dude right there, and he's sticking up for me, and I love it, now, he could have stopped right there and just said that, he didn't have to say anything about his impending decision, so I suppose that's where an antenna could go up, but it's only January, you know, and a lot could happen between now and then. I mean, we see Andre Roberson go down for the year. And I saw this stat that defensively, OKC goes from being one of the best defensive teams and Roberson's on the floor to, I don't remember how much worse it was, but it's at the very worst, at the very best, sorry, middle of the pack. So what if they end up getting bounced in the first round? I mean, that could completely change um, his decision. So initially uh did not like it that's for sure i'd rather he not said that but at this point i'm not putting so much stock into like oh my god we're doomed there's no freaking way we're gonna get him we should have just gotten this summer and now he's gonna stay in okc and we're freaking screwed and we're gonna have to look yeah it's not like the sky's falling um but if he decides to stay I can't say like I'd be completely shocked. You know, we would all point back to this, and it's a hindsight is twenty twenty type of situation. But as far as my advice to Laker fans is, just keep a level head about it. Don't get too emotionally invested in his words at uh, this point in the year.
2: Yeah, and on top of it, I think more so whatever he's saying kind of lines up with how OKC is actually doing basketball play, because I think at the end of the day, that's what his decision is going to hinge upon, you know, how the season ends. So it doesn't matter what he's saying right now, before the All-Star break, if OKC gets bounced in the first round and they continue to have the same problems they had to start the season, well, that could play a huge factor, regardless of how buddy-buddy he is with Russell Westbrook. And I almost liken the situation to just think about you in your work field and if you if you have close coworkers and they s- stand up for you and if for some reason someone interviewed about that uh, interviewed you about that for me i'd say dude i love my coworkers and everything like that these are my guys i'd love to work with them forever but if a better opportunity <laughs> yeah. came up for me Absolutely. i'd also know that m- i'd also know that my coworkers if i told them hey man look we've had a good time here we've had a good run i've enjoyed working with you but i just think for myself this opportunity may be better for my long term career growth. And even though initially at the start, it may be murky, I may not like the transition, I may not have as much authority over my job. I do think looking at it long term that I'm better off, you know, going this direction. And if you're really buddy buddy with your coworker, then they'll totally understand, you know. So, it's it's kind of like one of those deals. Um I will say though that it does does just worry me in terms of the embellishment of it and how uh earnest he sounded and it kind of made me just think a little bit. You know, I do hope palinka and I think he is. I do hope palinka sticks by his word when he talked about assessing all the different angles on connected with and saying that we could go about this one of uh many different ways. And it's not just about the two max plan. So I hope he really means that because I've, it's hard for me not to get caught up in, you know, the, this dissipating notion that maybe this two max plan is going to go the way of former Lakers max years where we just have these grand dreams and uh, they, we just end up getting disappointed. Um, but Tommy, I'll give you the last word on this uh, Paul George topic if you want it.
3: Yeah, so I kind of agree with both of what you guys said. I think the good point Alan made is that, um, he, he, the point about him being like a people pleaser or whatever. When I first heard this news or when I first saw this, uh, this statement, I guess it wasn't really news, I, I was kind of, um, I was like, okay, well, that's done. You know what I mean? Like, I, that seemed like a pretty definitive statement to me, but when Alan made that comment just now made me realize how did this whole thing started originally? with Paul George at a Dodger game. I'm pretty sure he was sitting at a Dodger game, and they interviewed him. And uh, they asked him about, you know, the Lakers or whatever, and he said, like... It must have been, like, an Indiana, some Indiana sports event, but he he said, like, no, I'm a Pacer. I'm going to be a Pacer this year. And then, like, four days later, he demanded a trade and said he wants to go to the Lakers. So, like, this has happened before, right? So that's one thing we can't forget. And the second thing, uh, which Jonathan, I agree with you on, is um, it doesn't matter what he's saying now. It just it it only matters really how the season ends. The Oklahoma City Thunder are going to play the Warriors or the Rockets, most likely the Rockets. Well, I guess no, it really could be either, but they're going to play one of those two teams in the second round. Um, and uh, they're probably going to get the crap beat out of them because both of those two teams are way better. And so when that happens, and let's say hypothetically, like everything comes comes true with like what we're hoping for uh, with LeBron, is that Oklahoma City team as constructed, and I say as constructed, because they can't really change. like they're locked into Westbrook, they're locked into uh, Stephen Adams, and they have um, Melo who's most likely going to opt in, uh, especially if Paul George indicates that he's going to stay. Is that team is currently constructed like good enough to be better than what they're doing right now? Honestly, this is even how they're playing right now is better than what I expected them to do. Um, and then on the other hand, you look at LeBron, you know, LeBron saying, "Hey, just like come over here." Then you have LeBron, Paul George, you know, Ball Ingram and Kuzma. I know we have like the Laker Homer glasses on, but like I can't help but think that at least is a more balanced team. And and those are just like the three other main guys. Obviously we would still have um, Larry Nance Jr. in this scenario. We'd still have, you know, both of our young bigs. We would still have Josh Hart. Uh, So we would have some flexibility, um, some flexibility there. So I think like, and then, you know, obviously once you get LeBron and Paul George, you start luring all the free agents who can't sign anywhere else because, as Pink has said on um, a few shows ago, like no teams have money. This many teams don't have money this summer. It's going to come down to who can you sign with the MLE, and we are going to be an MLE, MLE player for like the first time in such a long time. Because theoretically, in the scenario scenario, if we had Paul George and LeBron, all these dudes who are free agents who are like veterans who aren't able to get the long contracts they're looking for in other situations are just going to are just going to say okay. I'm just going to come to the Lakers, play on this team. They've got these two stars. They're going to LeBron and Paul George alone. That that's going to be a team that's going to contend for like the top two in the West. Plus all these other young pieces the Lakers have that are trying to compete and play hard. Um, so you're going to attract other veterans who want to come play, boost their boost themselves for a season, and jump back into the market in 2019. So it's very reasonable that if they get The if OKC gets the crap beat out of him by the end of the year and then this situation emerges, Paul George changes his mind. So you guys kind of, both of you with those two points, you kind of talked me out of my uh, Paul George depression after I read that statement initially.
4: Anytime, anytime.
2: Also, not to mention, you can sell this to Paul George as well in terms of whether he's wondering about the fit of the young core. You can just say, well, we'll see how things work, work out first. And then if need be, we can flip one of them for an established star. For example, I know Lakers fans don't want to hear this, but I'm just giving you the reality of the situation any time you build this sort of team. But let's say... Paul George is like, can you flip Brandon Ingram for Bradley Beal? Because I essentially play Brandon Ingram's position. The Lakers will say, yeah, sure, let's try it. The Wizards are in turmoil anyways. And then you have Paul George, Bradley Beal, and LeBron James. Or flip Brandon Ingram for Klay Thompson. Although I guess we have Klay Thompson and Kuzma anyways. But you get what I'm saying, right? So that's another sell angle that you could give to a guy like Paul George trying to make that decision. Which the Oklahoma City Thunder, especially when Carmelo Anthony opts back in, they're not going to have that flexibility, you know? So um, with that said, I don't know if anybody has any thoughts on Colin Cowherd's recent comments today about how LeBron James to the Lakers is still in play with everything else that's going on. I think Dan Gilbert also supposedly wants to sell the Cavs. Maybe he sees the writing on the wall. Um, but Colin Cowherd on his show essentially said, look, LeBron James has a, an army of people at his beck and call from a stylist nutritionist you know physical trainer etc cetera, etc cetera, and they're all making moves to like move to la or, or something to that effect and him just saying essentially yeah lebron james to the lakers still very much in play and then bill simmons actually replied to him on twitter and said dude i told you this shit last year <laughs> so uh, does anybody have anything to say does anybody have anything to say salty about this much little bill simmons <laughs>
4: Um, I don't know. I mean, it's cool. Like, as a Laker fan, I guess I like hearing that for sure. Um, am I going to, again, put stock in that any more than I do Paul George's comments? Not necessarily. I mean, I'd rather hear that than the complete opposite, of course, but, um, I'm not going to get my hopes up. I'm not going to get too down on anything either, but, um, did he, like, say, did Colin Cowherd say who he was talking to? Like, what, what's his source, or whatever?
2: To be honest with you, I didn't actually hear the, the audio, right. I just saw it on Twitter, so.
4: For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, pretty even-keeled about it, I guess.
2: Yeah, and I guess with re- with regards to how everything is going, and how I kind of felt like a, a decline in my two max star feelings, that was nice to hear, at the very least. You know? Oh, okay, so maybe it's still in play. So, eh, I'm down, that's cool, I'll take it. I think my dissipating feeling also coincides with the fact that the 2018 free agency market is, it was already pretty dearth, but it's getting smaller and smaller and crappier and crappier. And I bring that up because DeMarcus Cousins, unfortunately, this past weekend tore his Achilles and Ugh. the Lakers fans know all about that. And it was oh man, it sucked watching the video of him not realize that he tore his own Achilles. It's such a brutal injury because you never yeah. actually know what's going on until you realize I can't freaking put any weight or pressure on my foot. And so obviously Demarcus Cousins went down. I also have him in fantasy basketball. He was essentially oh. the Rus- he's essentially the Russell Westbrook of centers for me because he was getting me like 27 points. 14 rebounds, six assists, hitting two threes a game, a block, and a steal. I mean, he was doing everything for the Pelicans, and they were just starting to turn their season around. And now, unfortunately, any time you bring up an Achilles tear, the future all of a sudden becomes so uncertain. And, this go- this, and I, t- I say that in a, in a myriad of ways with regards to not only does this hurt DeMarcus Cousins as a player, it hurts his future career because he is going to be an unrestricted free agent this summer. And he, the question becomes, is anybody going to risk giving him a huge long-term contract for his full max? And then the team that does that, man, they may be truly hurting themselves. And this could be one of those Amari Stoudemire situations where you sign him to this crazy contract and then he's just never the same guy. And then on top of that, not only... Not only could it hurt the team that signs him, not only does it hurt DeMarcus Cousins, but it unfortunately hurts summer 2018 free agency because it gives the Lakers one less option to to tell LeBron James or to tell a Paul George, hey, you can team up with this guy. He's really good. Now it's like, all right, LeBron James, it's pretty much just Paul George and you, and we better make this happen. If one of you says they don't want it. I don't know where we turn from there in terms of the two max plan. Uh, so Tommy, what are your thoughts on the implications for DeMarcus cousins going, going down, regardless of whether or not we think the Lakers were going to pursue him hard or not. I think it just hurts the landscape of free agency in general. What about you?
3: I agree with you uh, that it hurts the landscape generally. Um, you know, I'm one of the guys who's probably on this podcast uh the lowest on DeMarcus, and I still, it's obviously, he's a huge superstar, and he's very, very good, and, like, you put him on, mo- like, many teams that, especially teams where you're adding him to, like, a situation where there already is an established star, and he's going to make you into a contender, um, or a pseudo-contender, you know, like, you put him on a team with LeBron James, that you're going to be a contender, um. So, it's devastating. Uh, the one silver lining, I highly doubt any Pelicans fans or or anybody's listening, anybody who's not a Lakers fan is listening to this, but DeMarcus is not like a super. He doesn't rely on explosion off the floor, um, which is, I feel like, where the Achilles would be, uh, a big issue or like moving laterally. He's not a big lateral mover. Um, he's not a guy like out there on the perimeter sliding his feet 30 feet from the basket, so. With respect to those two things, like, I don't think that he, of all people who have, uh, torn their Achilles in the last few years, I think he has probably one of the, he has one of the better chances to make a, a good recovery and come back and, and still be a, a very high level contributing player, um, especially if he doesn't put on too much weight, uh, while he's rehabbing. But, um, yeah, I agree with you that it, it hurts the overall landscape. I don't necessarily know that it hurts the Lakers specifically. Because I think, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about just before, about the Paul George and uh, LeBron stuff. Like, the reason, or the sorry, the uh, Colin Cowherd and, and LeBron comment, um, the reason I don't think it hurts the Lakers is because if LeBron was going to come to the Lakers, I think he would, he would prefer, obviously anybody would prefer to bring another star along with them. But I don't, I'm still not sold that, He's coming here for basketball reasons if he if he is going to come here. And the reason I say that is because when all this drama broke out with the Cavs in the last couple of weeks, um, one of the big reports that was coming out was that LeBron who he LeBron is totally tapped into that front office. And especially at this time when I think David Griffin was fired um, uh, the the rumor was the Cavs had uh, two deals lined up consecutively to, and we heard about this at the time, but apparently it's more legit than we than we probably thought at the time. But the Cavs had two deals lined up that would turn Kyrie Irving essentially into Eric Bledsoe and Paul George um, in two separate trades, um, and LeBron refused to commit to say long term knowing that he's crazy two guys yeah you know what I mean so like to me that was more telling than anything else that happens so with respect to the Lakers with this DeMarcus move like if LeBron wasn't going to commit to the Cavs long term for that kind of move anyway that to me the writing was on the wall at that moment that he was going to leave anyway and I think everybody saw it right that's why like Kyrie was like all right get me out of here and then Dan Gilbert is like all right I gotta sell the team like Chauncey Billups declined the GM job, like, there's 30 NBA GM jobs in the entire world. A lot of smoking guns. Chauncey Billups was, like, uh, you know, offered when he declined. So, I feel like nobody there is confident um, LeBron is going to stay. And in that case, like, you bring up the uh, dearth of free agents this summer. Like, I think LeBron just has to be thinking there's a very good chance it's going to be just me. And he must have already accepted that. Like, he's not done... Like you said, uh, Coward mentioned, he has a whole you know, team of advisors telling him like every single thing he should be doing and thinking about it every moment. I can't help but think like his agent and his business partner both have told him, FYI, these are the only free agents. So if you're trying to leave and take somebody with you, you don't have that many options. He's got to know this already. Um, DeMarcus uh, limits that a little bit, but I don't think he... I don't think it's a deal breaker. But yeah, generally, I agree with you that it hurts the free agent market.
2: Yeah. Uh, so get well to DeMarcus Cousins. Hope he recovers and comes back quickly. With that said, I think we're going to end our show with more Trade proposals and speculation for Jordan Clarkson and Julius Randle because, as is very evident, their names are still being bandied about by the Lakers as recently as today with Avery Bradley. Uh, So before we do that, we're going to pitch it over to our sponsors really quick, and then we will catch you guys after the turn. This
4: is Mike from the Almighty Baller Network. It's nice to have a helping hand, especially when it's tax season, and that hand is attached to a licensed tax professional. With TurboTax Live, you can talk to real CPAs and EAs on demand who can review your return with you before you file and to make sure you get your maximum refund. They can even check your work line by line so you can be confident it's done right. Who knew confidence and peace of mind could be synonymous with taxes? TurboTax Live with CPAs and EAs on demand. See details at TurboTax.com. Let TurboTax Live be your helping hand. Visit TurboTax.com today.
2: All right, so this is trade deadline episode part three. We're going to be tossing out more Jordan Clarkson, Julius Randle potential deals. Um, I did a lot of ESPN trade machining this weekend to make sure salaries matched and all this, this and that. But I'll pitch it over to you guys first because I have a, I have a ton to, to throw out there. But uh, Alan, do you have any potential Jordan Clarkson or Julius Randle or both trade proposals that you want to throw out there for us?
4: No, I'm ill prepared. I'm sorry.
2: That's okay, because um, I have a ton.
4: Good. So, Thanks
2: for carrying off, the load. <laughs> no problem. Um, first off, I think what the Lakers do with regards to Julius Randle and Jordan Clarkson at the trade deadline will give us a strong indicator of how confident they are about their two-max plan this summer. Um, in my eyes, Jordan Clarkson, I think it, it it says more for the Lakers if they keep Jordan Clarkson past the trade deadline keep both Jordan Clarkson and Julius Randle than it does if they traded Jordan Clarkson. I think if they trade Jordan Clarkson, that doesn't mean one way or another that they're confident about getting LeBron James. I think they're just setting in motion what they had already started in terms of, well, we're going to have to get rid of his, his money and salary anyway, so let's get that started. Now, if we keep Jordan Clarkson, I think that becomes an entirely interesting scenario because then that means the Lakers are willing to risk keeping Jordan Clarkson on and risk having to trade him at the last second, having to trade his two years with 26 million left, um, during the summer to a team and tell them, Hey, we need to get up Jordan Clarkson because we're signing LeBron James and Paul George. And at that point, I think they'd have to give up an actual asset and attach it to Jordan Clarkson in, in order to get rid of him, um, given that tight timeline. So I think that's what they're risking, but it also means that they're willing to use Jordan Clarkson as insurance just in case. Le- a, Le- a LeBron James doesn't come just in case a Paul George doesn't come and maybe they are more willing to say, hey, we'll keep Jordan Clarkson until we have to make that decision and if nobody comes, then at least we'll still have Jordan Clarkson and Julius Randle to continue on with our young core. Um, so with that being said, if they do plan to con- t- to still trade Jordan Clarkson, I do have some more potentially realistic trades that I think would work for both teams. So my first one for Jordan Clarkson would be and we heard over the weekend that the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Lakers have talked as well. Um, I th- you know, I, I think initially we thought it would probably be for Jordan Clarkson, but a part of me also thinks that the Cleveland Cavaliers wanted Julius Randle because they're hurting down low. Um, I think they're going to try starting Tristan Thompson once again. And I think at this point, Julius Randle is probably a better bet at small uh, a small ball center for them than Tristan Thompson. Um, so I, a part of me also thinks that maybe the Cavs wanted Julius Randle, but um, that's besides the point. I think the Cleveland Cavaliers also are trying to get George Hill. I think talks have stalled on that front. But with that said, and you know, if we're working under the assumption that maybe the Cavaliers are also interested in Jordan Clarkson, um, here is my deal. And this is a three-team deal with the Kings, actually. So the Cleveland still gets George Hill. The Kings get Jordan Clarkson and Shumpert. And... Los Angeles Lakers second round pick, which is in the 40 ish range. And then the Lakers get Channing Frye, Derek Rose, and Cleveland's first round pick this year, which right now is in the 24 to 25 range. So so to say that again, three team deal, Cleveland gets George Hill, Kings get Jordan Clarkson and Shumpert and LA's second round pick. Lakers get Channing Frye, which is an expiring 7 million, Rose, which is an expiring 3 million or so, and Cleveland's first round pick this year. Tommy, what do you say to that?
3: Um, I like that trade. I would do that. <laughs> I, I mean, it's because we get everything we want. Um, that is a very complicated trade, which I appreciate. Um, and, <laughs> you know, like, if we were able to somehow swing uh, salary dumping and getting a pick out of Clarkson, I think that's the best you could ask for.
2: Now, what if I change Jordan Clarkson's name to Julius Randall?
3: In that case, I probably would not. Uh, I would not do it just because, for all the reasons we've talked about in, in several times over the past uh, few episodes, I, I think, to me, it's worth the risk of keeping Randall, um, even if you end up losing him for nothing, just because I think he's that um, he has that much upside still.
2: Cool. Agree. All right, Alan, what do you think about this second Jordan Clarkson trade? So Jordan Clarkson would be going to the Memphis Grizzlies... For Tyreek Evans, who's, for Tyreek Evans, who's expiring, Brandon Wright, who's expiring, and Memphis Grizzlies early second round pick, number 36. Now, Mm. the bigger question would be, would Memphis be willing to do that? I've heard they're expecting a first round pick in return for Tyreek Evans, but in the event nobody gives them a first round pick, maybe they want to take a flyer on a young potential type dude in Jordan Clarkson who still has two years left. And in in that case, if they do, would you do Jordan Clarkson for Tyreek Evans, Brandon Wright, and Memphis's early second round pick in the number 36 to 38 range this year? And keep in mind, Tyreek Evans would be a good, even though we're not going to retain him, a good guy to have on this team to end the year and help Lonzo Ball out. So what do you think about that?
4: Yeah, I mean, as much as we would want a late first rounder, early second rounder this front office has shown that they're very capable of drafting well our scouting department has been top notch you know um i think i would do that trade i don't know if memphis would do that trade though um yeah i I like that one too i i like the other one better obviously but um this one's pretty good
2: yeah, and I think the the larger question that looms here is what exactly is Jordan Clarkson's trade value, right? I've heard from two other podcasts and even an article that around the league, the Lakers might have to attach an asset as early as this trade deadline to Jordan Clarkson in order to get rid of him. And for me, I just have a hard time believing that, you know, like Jordan Clarkson mm-hmm. is not Luau Dang right now. He's only 26, 25 He, he has two years, but they're only at $12 million and he can still play as evidenced by his crazy hot streak run these last four games, averaging around like 25 points, you know? He's still a very useful player, so I think we'd have to attach an asset to him if we're trying to get rid of him at the last second and we keep him through the summer. But I think at this trade deadline, I think we'll be able to find a taker for him and at least get back uh, an early second. But I don't know what you guys think about that. But Tommy, I have another trade proposal. And I kind of like this one because it's very unique and outside of the box because we're going to be trading with the San Antonio Spurs. And Jordan Clarkson comes from San Antonio, right? Or he's from Texas, I believe. Um, So this would be... And, you know, San Antonio right now, they're having some struggles. One, because Kawhi Leonard is injured. And then they're not really sure what to do with their point guard situation moving forward. Tony Parker is on an expiring $15 million deal, but he's very old, obviously. And DeJounte Murray is their fill-in starting point guard or so. Um, so this would have Jordan Clarkson going to the Spurs for Rudy Gay, who has a player option for $8 million next year. But keep in mind, Rudy Gay is 30 years old coming into next year, and presumably he would probably want to explore the free agent market, even if if it's for the mid-level $8 million, to hopefully get a multi-year contract instead of just taking that $8 million player option. So essentially, I'm looking at Rudy Gay as an expiring. So it would be Jordan Clarkson to the Spurs for Rudy Gay and their first round pick this year, which would probably be 28-27. I don't know if the, I don't know if the Spurs would do that, but given that they could get a chance at Jordan Clarkson and be able to mold him into like a Tony Parker type player. I don't know, man. I think there's a lot of potential there, and Lakers fans will probably be bemoaning that because Jordan Clarkson will probably turn into the player he was supposed to always be under, Greg Popovich. But, Tommy, what do you think about that?
3: Uh, so, I mean, I would do that trade, but I don't think the Spurs would. Um, and the reason for that is that the Spurs are the type of organization who, who probably believe, and they believe for good reason, that they can pull somebody out of the D-League and turn them into a player just as effective as Jordan Clarkson and they've done it right. Like Jonathan Simmons. Yeah. I, I frankly, I mean, I wasn't, I haven't followed him like the second part of this first half of the second quarter of the season, I guess. So the second quarter of this first half of the season, um, but he got off to a decent start. Um, I don't know what his stats are currently, but he, he played well outside of Pop's system. And obviously he played very, very, very big minutes for them in the playoffs last year. Um, we've seen them do it with, uh, Patty Mills in the past. We've seen them do it with, um, Corey Joseph. We've seen them do it with Bryn Forbes. I don't think Bryn <laughs> Forbes was a D leaguer, but like, what was he? Was he an undrafted player? or what was his, I, I can't remember what his deal was, but my point is they do this constantly.
4: Um, they like to build from within.
3: They like to build from within. And so Jordan Clarkson is not like He's not Kawhi Leonard or like Lamarcus Aldridge or like a. I mean Kawhi Leonard even I guess they got with him, but they had to trade to get the pick. But I I guess my point with that is he's not like such a special player that they would have to go outside of the organization to get somebody like him. I feel like they they probably think they can pull somebody who's making, you know, pull somebody from the D League, pay him two million dollars next year, and within three, two or two years or so, that guy will be putting up similar production to what Jordan Clarkson's doing for us now. And it's probably warranted that they feel that way. So I don't think they would do that, but I would probably do that.
2: That's fair. All right, let's go rapid fire. Jordan Clarkson for Mario Hazonia, who is an unrestricted free agent, and Alfred Payton, who is going to be a restricted free agent, and the Lakers would probably just renounce his rights and let him go. But we might get a flyer on Mario Hazonia, or re-signing Mario Hazonia next year. Or we might just not have either of them, but maybe we get Mario and Alfred for the next three months and see what's up. Alan. So
4: salary dump. um...
2: Salary dump. With potential for more, because Mario for is only, sure, you know.
4: For sure, for sure. Yeah, rapid fire. I'll do it. I won't think.
2: Yeah. Tommy?
3: I would do that for sure.
2: All right. This is more realistic. Um, Jordan Clarkson to the Philadelphia 76ers, because, you know, they got this Markel Foltz problem where he's shooting from below his shoulder. Um, Jordan Clarkson to the Philadelphia 76ers for an expiring Amir Johnson, Justin Anderson, who only makes like a million bucks or so. Or two million actually, and then their second round pick this year, of which they have many, at number thirty seven. So, Tommy, what do you think about that deal? Jordan Clarkson to Philly for Amir Johnson, Justin Anderson, and the number 37, 38 pick.
3: I would do it because um, Justin Anderson does not has not done anything for them this year, and I still think he has some upside as a backup wing, which is a position we have a serious need at. So, I would I would definitely do that.
4: Alan. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think Justin Anderson is um definitely has a lot of untapped potential.
2: Cool. Alright, next one. Jordan Clarkson going back to Texas, but this time the Dallas Mavericks for Yogi Farrell, Josh McRoberts, who's expiring, Dorian Finney Smith to make the salaries work, and a Dallas early second this year. Tommy.
3: I don't know about that one. I think I think I would pass on that one. I didn't recognize half the player names you just said. <laughs> Who he played for. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess Dallas. You remember McBob, (laughs)
2: McJesus? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I guess. I guess this goes back to our question of is it worth, or it, it goes back to our question of the Lakers weighing whether or not it's worth it to just keep Jordan Clarkson past this trade deadline if they don't get anything substantial enough, or how confident they are about having to clear his salary cap because it may be worth the risk for them to let him play out the season, play with Lonzo Ball, and then if need be, this summer if they need to get rid of him. Then hopefully they just have to attach like a Zubots or a second round pick to get rid of him. And because it's been stated that the Lakers are confident that they can get rid of Jordan Clarkson anytime they want to. So if that statement is true, then yeah, maybe it is worth it to hold Jordan Clarkson on till the end of the year and use him as insurance in case we don't get those stars instead of getting a package like Yogi Farrell, Dorian Finney Smith, and Dallas's second rounder this year. Man, come on, you gonna dump me for that trash? That's a mess up BS, man. Mahalki Todd, Jordan Clarkson. (laughs) Man, screw that. Screw that. Dorian Fane Schmidt. Stupid. I like that lisp. Uh, What about Jordan Clarkson to the Detroit Pistons, who are now trying to win with Blake Griffin for Stanley Johnson, Anthony Tolliver, and whatever salary filler else we need? Alan, what do you think about that? Stanley Johnson. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tommy, what about you?
3: I would do it because the Stanley Johnson upside and Anthony Tolliver yeah. reminds me of that, um, that guy from the Chappelle Show sketch, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ashy Larry. Yes. I don't yes. know what it is about him, but he reminds me of Ashy Larry. Oh, that's amazing.
2: Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Let's do it. All right. So those are my Jordan Clarkson trades. I also have some Julius Randall ones. I'm not sure if they'll entice you guys enough um, because I think we're all on the same page about just keeping Randall through. But I'll I'll just run through them really quickly. Um, what about Randall to Oklahoma City because they now also need some help. For Terrence Ferguson and Oklahoma City's first round pick this year, top 20 protected. So OKC obviously lost Roberson. So maybe in this deal, they can move Paul George back to shooting guard, Carmelo back to small forward, and Randall can play power forward next to Steven Adams. So Tommy, what do you think about Randall to OKC for the very athletic Terrence Ferguson who lit us up and their first round pick this year, which could be... Top 20 protected, so that maybe we get it at the 22-23 range.
3: You know, I, most Randall trades, I think I would probably say hard no right off the bat, but that this one I kind of actually like. Um, I think Terrence, Terrence Ferguson has huge upside, and then you add another pick to that, and then OKC, they're not going to be able to sign anybody for a long time, so getting Randall's bird rights is pretty big. So I don't think they would do this because uh, they're playing pretty well, well right now, but I, I like that trade. I would do it.
2: Alan, what about you?
4: Yeah, I like Fergie. That one definitely made me pause a little bit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now all this, all who doesn't like Fergie? True that, true that. All right, I know most of these are, are now going to turn into to hard no's, but I'll try them anyways. Um, no. Julius Randle. Julius Randle to the Brooklyn Nets, who seem to continue to just pick, pick up random D'Angelo. previous. For D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> Delo. Okafor no, it would be <laughs> no
4: <laughs> Rondé Hall's Jefferson Shimian
2: no here we go here we go all right Julius Randle for the Nets number 27 pick this year via Toronto plus Spencer Dinwiddie who is partially guaranteed for next year and the Lakers could just fully guarantee that take a flyer on him Um, and Nick Stauskas so Randle for the Nets first round pick this year via Toronto plus Spencer Dinwiddie and Nick Stauskas Tommy
3: is Stauskas expiring
2: he's expiring yes
3: Oh, man, I might. Nah, I don't think I would do that.
2: But you kind of like Spencer Dinwiddie, right? Right? It's kind of intriguing. I think
3: Spencer Dinwiddie, I, I don't, I don't hate him for sure. Like if he was, we need a backup point guard at some point. He's got good size. I don't, I don't hate him as a backup point guard. Alan, what do you
4: think? Mm, I'm still gonna lean toward no. I don't want any part of Sauce Castillo for any time at all. And I still like Ferg. <laughs> I, I like Fergie better than than Dinwiddie.
2: Cool. Sounds good. All right, I only have two more. This probably going to be a no as well. No. Um, so the Pelicans <laughs> the Pelicans need some help, obviously, with uh, DeMarcus Cousins going down. And, dude, I tried so hard to try and get – well, one, I tried two different deals. I tried to get Oklahoma City some shooting guard help by, by trying to get KCP on that team, but KCP just makes way too much for me to try and make the salaries work and not include a third or fourth team. Um, but for the Pelicans –
3: he got he to Carmelo.
2: In there. <laughs> 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 nope, garbage. We would not be wanting to take on Carmelo's twenty-eight million next year when he opts in. Um, but yeah, the Pelicans need help with Demarcus Cousins going down. So, what do you guys think about Julius Randall and Zubots to the Pelicans for their top sixteen lotto protected first round pick this year, plus Czech Diallo and Dante Cunningham? Who I guess Mitch Kupchak's not here anymore because Mitch Kupchak used to always love Dante Cunningham and oh, wanted shit. to get him in every trade possible. <laughs> but what do you what do you think about giving Randall to the Pelicans and potentially getting a near-lotto pick if they end up finishing right outside of the, or even finishing in the playoffs, but it would be like a 17, number 18 pick this year, and then taking a flyer on a guy like Cech Diallo. And then Dante Cunningham, Tommy.
3: Uh, I would do the trade, not necessarily for the pick, um, but to get Cech Diallo back on our team because I feel like he's been on our team about five times in his career so far. Uh, is Cech Diallo the same as Hamadou Diallo, or are these two different people?
2: No, I think they're two different people, dude. I think and also, I, I think you're confusing <laughs> Cech Diallo with like Chakuda Barry, Mata Boom Boom, and Adder Majok. They're not. The same I remember Adder
4: Majok. That was the first thing I thought of, actually.
3: Oh, so you're saying these aren't the same guy?
2: No, dude check the yellow is actually pretty good some, some racist <laughs> microaggressions <laughs> <laughs> alan what about you i'm guessing it's a no nah hell no cool all right my last one and this is an earlier rumor with the dallas mavericks where we'd be sending julius randall back home but randall for new Orleans no no <laughs> New Orleans Noel Seth Curry who's going to be an unrestricted free agent no bird rights but you get a flyer on him if he comes back at all this year from injury and an early second so that would be Dallas Mavericks second rounder this year which would be in the 30s so Randall for Noel Seth Curry and an early second uh
3: Tommy I think I might actually do this one because oh man I I would need to know a little bit more information before I commit but. Be- Uh, I wonder what Nerland's Noel's cap hold is. Uh, Actually, you know what? I think it's just going to be like the max. So I guess that doesn't really help us. But I'm intrigued with the. uh, I think Nerland's Noel is still really good. I don't know what's going on this year with his injuries. And obviously, he doesn't seem like he really wants to play for Dallas. But if he is healthy and can play for us um, to close the year, I think I might actually do this. it's worth it to get him on the team. He's represented by LeBron James' agent, Rich Paul. Uh, More now, manna right? from heaven, because he like fired his agent after they couldn't come to terms with the Mavericks, and he hired Rich Paul. So I, I think that's like an interesting angle to uh, to keep in mind. And on top of that, if we end up not getting a se- second star, you end up in a situation where just like we did for KCP this year, maybe you give like a one year slight overpay to Noel next year because. We're going to need a center next year, and I know Noel doesn't shoot, but we're going to have more shooting in our lineup because uh, in this trade theoretically Randall would be out of it. So, and Nerlens Noel can slide his feet on the perimeter and defend and you know trap and do all that stuff. So I'm I'm pretty into that trade. I I think I would probably heavily consider it.
2: Mm, Interesting. So Nerlens Noel actually he's on a four million dollar expiring qualifying offer. I don't think he's the max cap hold. I mean, not that it matters, but I think the
3: yeah, because when you, so this this past summer, he did he was like probably the same capital that Randall had. But yeah. going into next summer now, does it jump to a max contract? Because no, technically no. he's eligible for a max contract, right? Because he's an unrestricted free agent. The thing with Randall is he's, not, I don't know how it works exactly. We would have to get Pincus, to call it Pincus.
2: <laughs> Call a thing, right now on my phone. I I don't think he has a max cap hold, but I, l- like you said, I don't think it matters that much because his va- he's sunk in his value so low this yeah. year that you probably don't even have to negotiate for that. And I don't think you have to keep his cap hold on the books, anyways. You could renounce him you and then would sort something him. out, sort something out with him later, anyways, at the eight million mid level, if need be, or or whatever, or even a slight overpay for one year. Um, and then I, I just want to point out: I know a lot of Lakers fans are like Nerlens Noel has done nothing the last year or so, and he's been injured. And I think something to keep in mind is Nerlens Noel: the reason for him not playing at all this year and getting surgery and stuff is largely political. One, because he turned down the Dallas Mavericks this past summer for four four for like $80 million or something. And so they just decided not to play him. And then he also decided to have surgery because he wasn't playing at all. And he was benched. And he's like, I might as well get this random surgery that I don't need um, this season. So I think it's (laughs) largely political.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Just tear me open and do something. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not playing you might as well
2: he may have had some things to work out but that's honestly so it was unnecessary like if he if it, if his if it was playoffs and he was actually playing he would have just played through it you know so
4: it's like can you, can you give me a tommy John surgery for my elbow just you know <laughs> just give me a reason to not do anything f this team <laughs> <laughs> I find that so funny dude yeah don't that's don't very funny. funny it is like I don't want to do this uh just rip my knee open do something that's it.
2: Okay, cool. All right. Um so I think that'll do it for us. I would us. do it. I, sure. <laughs> Thanks um, for asking. I actually would not do it to be honest with you. I think at this point I'd rather oh. keep Julius. Ooh. I I would rather keep Julius Randall at this point and that's that's, that's crazy fair. for wow, me to say, yeah. He's a better center crazy. than Jones Noel, dude. And we might not even get to keep Seth Curry. All that jazz. Um I tried really hard to get Lopez off our team. But he makes so much, dude. This is the closest thing I can get. Is there to him. literally there's
3: literally nobody you think we could dump him on?
2: No, you have to make it a three-team trade. And here's here's the closest that I got. Ready? Alright, Brooke Lopez is gonna go to the Milwaukee Bucks. So this is a three-team trade between the Lakers, Milwaukee, and Phoenix. That's so the such Lakers a bad fit. <laughs> the Lakers would get Greg Monroe's expiring 17 million, Jason Terry. And the Suns number 35 second rounder. Because the Suns, the Suns still fans. have two other second round picks in the 40-ish range. So they can afford to give up a second round pick. Or maybe they give us one of their second round picks in the 40-ish range. That's probably more realistic. Um, and then Lopez goes to the Milwaukee Bucks along with Alex Len. And then Phoenix gets Rash... Uh, what's his name? Vaughn? Rashad Vaughn? Um, and then Who he played for. He plays for the Bucks. <laughs> So yeah, Phoenix would get <laughs> Rashad Vaughn, John Henson, and Mirza Teletovic, who has two years left. John Henson has three years left. So to recap, Milwaukee gets Lopez and Len. Phoenix gets Rashad Vaughn, John Henson, and Mirza Teletovic, and the Lakers get Greg Monroe expiring, Jason Terry expiring, and one of the Suns' second-round picks. But hey, we got rid of Lopez, and we got a second-round yeah, pick. Hell yeah, you
4: do that in a heartbeat,
2: Tommy. I would do it. Great, we did it. We traded Brooke Lopez away from the team.
3: I don't know how you found that, dude. That was crazy.
0: That is, that is impressive. impressive. Very, very creative. creative.
2: Still very unrealistic, but I tried. So give me credit for that. All right. With that said, we have I run try. very long. Give Give you, I know I give you credit. Sick, man. Anyways, um, yeah, the trade <laughs> deadline's next week, dude. We're a week away from. Who knows what this happens after this? this Blake Griffin, Griffin. Yeah, Thursday. Who knows what happens after this? Blake Griffin domino falls. Maybe nothing happens, but. Um, things should only ramp up from here, at the very least, discussion. So, we'll definitely be looking out for that. And um, yeah, we're probably going to have one more episode before the actual Thursday trade deadline. And like I said, if you want to get your questions in, we'll give um, top dibs to our Patreon subscribers. But then, if you want a chance at getting your question read on air, please rate, interview us, and put your trade deadline question in your review along with a five star rating. So, with that said, thank you guys for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate interview us on iTunes because the more you rate interview us, that is how many plays new assistant Lithuanian coach LeVar Ball will drop for Lamello and Leangelo to get forty points and chuck up threes and throw lobs off the basket. Isn't that right, Lavar Ball? Never lost. <laughs> exactly. Alright, with that said, we will catch you guys later. Tommy. Later. Allen/LeVarball.
4: Never lost. Also, I don't feel like going to work tomorrow, so I'm going to go uh, get my tonsils ripped out. <laughs> just, you know.
2: <laughs> the New Orleans Noel special, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's so funny, dude.
2: <laughs> Never going to get over it. Now we need now we really need a trade for him so just so we can make more of those kind of jokes. <laughs> yeah, I was yes. just laughing. <laughs> Great. All right, we'll catch you guys later. Peace.
4: Peace.